welcome this morning. That's, I'll tell you what's fun. Uh, it's fun when, when we worship and you just sense God's presence. Um, it's just some, sometimes it's, it's good, sometimes it's really good. This morning, just as we were praying before worship, I just, you know, sometimes you kind of get the sense of God's presence. Well, it just kept coming, flowing. And then when we started worship, when Travis just started out slowly playing and then um, just those, those few phrases, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord. And uh, just wave after wave after wave. His presence, then we sang, and then at the end of the song, little Micah <laughs> was just kicking. And you know, I'll tell you what came to mind uh, was that there was like this joy that he had that he had to get out. And it's like a little kid when they see their daddy come home from work. Like, Daddy's home. It's like, that's what he was like. The father's here. The father's here. And we don't always react that way. Uh, may, we might. I mean, sometimes I act pretty goofy. But I try not to act too goofy. Um, but we need to get some, some of the sense of that joy of celebration of, man, the Father's here. The Father's here. And, and kids just, just react naturally. Um, and, and we're very reserved. <laughs> we're very adult. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, and I'm not sure that's always, you know. There needs to be an expression of our hearts that comes out of, and, and we did wonderfully today. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just thinking. There, there needs to come from us an expression of, of, of gratitude that comes. And Travis talked about intentionality, and that really has a lot to do with it. And, and just, you know, I can, I can sense even when we come together to worship that we're here, for Him. That's what brings that presence, that what brings. And so I, I really feel a, a desire to ask God this morning, and I did earlier. I'm going to do it again just because I want more of it. I want more of his revelation to come to all of us. So, Lord, just stir up revelation. Stir up revelation. We need to hear from you. We need to hear from you. We need, we need revelation in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of forms, whatever your word allows us. To receive dreams, visions, words, um, pictures, ideas, thoughts. Um, Lord, just bring revelation. Bring revelation to us this morning. In spite of what we sing, in spite of what we say, in spite of the words that we speak, word of God speak. Word of God speak. Let the rhema come, the spoken, present word. Let the logos come, even more so, revelation, understanding of the truth of Jesus, the living word. Would you just pour it out on us? We want more. In Jesus' name. Last week I, I shared a little bit about... Um, um, why we gather, why we come together, and wanting to um, know God's heart for us, for me. I want to know God's heart when I come to Sunday morning, or just knowing God's heart for His direction for my life. I want to know if I'm on track or not. Sometimes big picture, sometimes little 
picture day to day. And so it was more of a personal kind of thing that, and a personal story that I shared last week. This week I want to kind of do a little bit of that, but only talk about it on, in a bigger scale, like what's going on with our nation, what's going on around the world, and what's God doing, um, and how we respond. There's so much, there's, there's a lot going on right now, isn't there? Um, and there are a lot of voices. There's all kinds of voices. Um, there's religious voices. There's non-religious voices. There's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of uh, advice. <laughs> and how do, you, how do you filter through it all to know what God's up to? And um, how do you stay on track? How do you stay encouraged? Uh, and I believe that there's a way to do that. And I believe that, that um, and there's simple answers to that, and then there's more complicated answers to that. But most of the time, things are pretty simple in our relationship with God. It usually all comes back to our love for Him and our relationship with Him. But um, I just want to share something this morning from Matthew chapter 12. But the issue, the, the bottom line for me, here I'll, I'll give you kind of like the conclusion at the beginning, and then we'll work through it. The issue for me, the thing that I want to talk about this morning is that it's our spirit that senses what God's up to, that really hears from him, receives from him. Our, we're three-part being a, a spirit, soul, and body. So our spirit is the thing that we need to develop. Uh, our spirit needs to become more sensitive to his spirit so that when all kinds of things happen, we can quickly figure out, well, I'm receiving this, but I'm not receiving that. And I can actually see what God's doing, so I have no reason to fear. And I know how to walk. I know where to go. I know what to do. And your, your spirit, we can talk about this way, just as kind of a review of things we've talked about in the past. Our, our spirit is made up kind of three parts, described this way of communion, intuition, and conscience. Communion is that part of us that can actually fellowship with God, that um, hears him. Intuition is, is that um, knowing things without having learned them, knowing right and wrong, knowing, knowing things without. It's revelation. It's really revelation. Um, and the third part is conscience, is knowing right and wrong, knowing, knowing the difference between what is really... Um, healthy for us or what isn't and those kinds of things. So that's just three basic categories of the spirit. But we want to talk about developing our spirit, but I want to talk about Matthew chapter 12, a, a story with Jesus, with the religious leaders. There has always been in the history of the world evil, wicked people. And there are always people trying to rule everybody else's life. There just seem to be people who want to control everything that we do. Now, I don't have that desire. It's not in me, so I don't really understand that. And there has been some horrendous evil that's happened in our, in our world through the centuries. And we never seem to get over it 
in the sense that it, it seems to come back in different forms. It comes in different methods. And I think part of that is just the spiritual dynamic of, of uh, the principalities and powers that rule the world, rule the earth. They find new outlets and ways to suppress, oppress populations. <laughs> so we want we we want to be able to see those things, but we want to be able to navigate through it. And I and I'm going to give you hope at the end of this. This isn't to be this isn't to be a downer or depressing because I think what God is doing is just absolutely amazing. <laughs> I think He's up to something really really good. I believe that He's got a plan and He's doing things that. Uh, we should really be excited about. But Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, it says this, Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given to it. Except the sign of the prophet Jonah, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn, condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now something greater than Solomon is here. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes to rare places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go out. They go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be when, with this wicked generation. I'm, honestly, I'm going to bring you encouragement through this. <laughs> Sometimes you have to read between the lines to understand what's going on and realize what Jesus is really saying, what he's dealing with. He said a wicked and adulterous generation. Wicked is in an ethical sense. It's evil, wicked, it's bad. First um, John five nineteen says this, we know that we are the children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. There's an atmosphere of evil that controls the world. It always has. From the time of the fall until now, it always has been. And, you know, that's one of those things that we just have to come to grips with. We have to, okay, okay. So what's our place? Um, because everything that Adam had, see, see, this is where I find hope. Everything that Adam had dominion over, he lost it. So anywhere we see evil prospering or triumphing, that was territory that originally Adam had authority over. And Jesus came, came to die and to purchase back that authority for the kingdom of God to rule every area that Adam lost. And so wherever we see wickedness, that's where we're supposed to be ruling and reigning from. And so that has to stay in our minds, and that's God's desire too. He couldn't forfeit what he didn't possess, so we understand that. says adulterous, uh, a wicked and adulterous generation. Um, adulterous means a sexual relationship between a married person and someone who is not their spouse. 
in a spiritual sense. Adultery is worshiping or honoring someone or something as God, but not God. And so what he's saying is, to, what he's saying about the religious leaders, what Jesus is saying about the religious leaders is that they're evil, they're wicked, they're influenced by something outside of themselves, and that they're adulterous. They're actually in some kind of a relationship with some foreign god or not. They're not in relationship with God. And see, here's the thing that I find interesting. There's something that Jesus assumes that um, he doesn't say, but it's here. And if you look at the verses, he says, you know, Nineveh is going to rise up in a judgment and condemn you because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And the queen of Sheba came and looked at Solomon, everything that Solomon had, and she was amazed at his wisdom. Now somebody greater than Solomon is here, and you don't recognize it. And what he's saying, what Jesus is saying is to the religious leaders is, you should know better. You should know God. You have the potential to know the Father and recognize his works and recognize what he's doing and recognize who he sent. It should be obvious to you. So, I, See, I have to think about that for a little bit because I thought, well, you know, the Old Testament guys, they didn't have things quite like we do. And yet Jesus is saying, you guys are missing it so badly. Missing it so badly. So they had, they had the opportunity, even without the cross, we, even without the death and burial resurrection of Jesus, they had the opportunity to know God in a way that they should have been able to recognize him. And Jesus even told them that later. We see that in John, in the book of John, where he says, I think it's chapter 8, where he says, you've never seen the Father. You don't even know his voice. Because if you did, you'd know who I am. And, and so... The leaders, they were the religious leaders, they were the social leaders, they were the, um, in a sense, in the nation of Israel, they were the political leaders too. Now, I know Rome was over them, but they really, they really had the rule and reign, so they, they had a, a stranglehold over the nation of Israel, and they had become totally corrupted. And so when I look at things in our world, and I see the things that are going on, I see the turmoil that's going on right now, I'm thinking, man, these things are really really churn up. I, my opinion is, this is my opinion. You know what opinions are like. My opinion is that God's doing this. He's stirring everything up because he's about to do something amazing. And every time God's about to do something, things seem to get worse. They got worse for the, Egyptian, for the Israelites in Egypt, didn't they? God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rescue you. I'm going to help you. And then the plagues came. And things got worse for the Israelites. And when Jesus went to the temple... And he wanted to clean it. I'm going to go clean the temple. He didn't take a bucket of water and soap and a mop. He took a whip and he overturned the tables of the money changers. And he made a lot of people angry. He stirred up a hornet's nest. That's the kind of way God fixes things. <laughs> That's the way he goes about it very often. He stirs things up. Why? Because he's getting ready to root it out. And I can't help but think that that's what God's doing right now. There's so much that's being exposed. There's so much that's being dealt with. And the question for us is, how are we viewing all this? And what are you sensing in your spirit? 
Because God wants us to be in a place of peace, first of all. But he also wants us to be in a place where we can cooperate with him to to encourage what he's doing. Um, To agree with him on earth so that things can happen on earth just as they do in heaven. Or be like heaven on earth. And so we need to be able to see what he's up to and cooperate with him. And fasting and praying is is a wonderful thing. We need to do that. But how we approach it is important. And... We can't, we can't approach all of this from a position of fear. Can't be like we're worried about things and we're praying against, praying against. Uh, praying against what we think is wrong. Pointing our fingers, but we need to bless. We need to bless. We need to bless. I think about, I think about, Gail's dream that she had a while back, <clears throat> and it's still happening, and it's just amazing that it's still happening, but I think it was your dream about the, the tsunamis coming, and it just sucked all, the, sucked all the water. Was that your dream? Okay, that's right. That's right. It was a prophetic word that, that, that a tsunami was coming. She saw the tsunami coming in the spirit, and it was sucking all the water. You know, when a tsunami comes, it sucks the water away from the beach and just exposes things. And the bigger the wave that's coming, the more water it sucks away and the more exposes. And so, I, honestly, I think that's what's happening. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a trebuchet. You know what a trebuchet is? I just thought of this. I don't know why. <laughs> a trebuchet is one of those mechanical things that they use to sling stones. And you, and you crank it, you crank tension on it, and okay, rubber band, slingshot. I thought trebuchet just bigger. Uh, God's pulling back this rubber band, big rubber band, and he just keeps pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. Is this going to be so much fun? <laughs> Boy, when I let this, like water balloon launcher, picnic's coming up, and I don't know if we're doing that or not. But he's pulling. See, God, he's not, he's not nearly as uptight as we are about things. I mean, he doesn't like the wickedness. He hates injustice. He hates that people's lives are destroyed. He hates that. But he's looking for people that, he, that will cooperate with him to, to turn things around, change things. But he's pulling his rubber band back. He's getting ready to let go. And, and when he does, man... Um, but here's the issue with the picture with the tsunami. I'm not worried about when he lets that thing go. I'm not worried about the shaking that's happening right now. I'm not worried about it because I believe it's God's, it's God's judgment on wickedness and on evil. There have been um, strongholds of the enemy. There have been places where the enemy has, with cooperation with people and people in power in different places, Avenues of life that have built their, their structures to be in control of people's lives that God just wants to blow apart so that he can bring more freedom to people. I mean, that's what he's about. He's about freedom for us individually, freedom for nations, freedom to worship. And so uh, here's the question. 
when he lets this thing go, when that wave comes in, when that tsunami comes, where are we going to be? I'll tell you where I want to be. I want to be riding the wave. I want a surfboard big enough or built well enough to ride that wave. And here's the, here's, see, here's my thinking on this. My thinking is not, I hope I survive this. My thinking is, how far inland can I go? How far can the church go in advancing the kingdom when this thing lets loose? How much can we change? How much can we influence our culture in the right way? How much can we be praying now and preparing the way so that it's not just a fizzle, but it's like dynamic transformation in so many places, in so many ways? That's what I'm sensing. And so Jesus is talking to, the, he's talking to these religious leaders, these spiritual leaders, these people that have been entrenched, that had the people under. And he's saying, you should have known better. But the reality is we can know. We can know. We need to be in a place where we develop our spirits, our relationship with God, to the point where we can sense what he's up to so that we know how to pray, so that we know what to pray about. We know how to approach his throne. We know where are the areas that he wants to bring real transformation and change. And how can we cooperate with that? Or even this. Am I sensitive enough to him that he can position me where he needs me to be so that I can be instrumental in bringing about the change that he wants to bring in whatever way that is? So many times when God does things, he only needs one person. Matter of fact, when there's the army's too big, he says, army's too big, got to get smaller. Uh, and he uses one person. So how do we develop our spirits? Well, I, I, I don't want to get into that too much today. Uh, we've done teachings on developing your spirit. Uh, we have a number of different kinds of um, material on that. Maybe I will, I don't know, unless the Lord impresses me that I need to do that. But it has to do with, with spending time with him and being in his word and being sensitive to him so that when he does something or when you see something happening, you recognize him in it. The thing is, that they don't call him Jehovah Sneaky for nothing because he, he hides things. He, he camouflages the, the things that he's doing. He, he brings us packages that we're not familiar with. And it's not to fool us. It's to train us in discerning whether it's him or not. He wants us to be able to see in a manure-filled stable to be able to recognize the king of glory when he's born. Who would have gotten that right? There weren't too many that got that right. And he does that over and over again. 
takes a shepherd boy and makes him a king. And so that's the way he does things. So, so we need to we need to be asking him to to strengthen, develop our spirits to be sensitive to him, to grow in our ability to hear him, and to make that. A, we have a tendency to live out of our souls, out of our mind, our will, and emotions. We let our emotions yank us around. We let the wrong things influence us. But I'll give you one little simple little thing, and then I'm going to stop. One simple little thing. There's one simple little thing, right, for one simple little thing. One of the ways that we defeat ourselves in being close to the Lord is with negativity. One of the ways that we kind of um, cut things off. So we can be negative about our circumstances. We can be negative about what we think God's doing or not doing, or we can be negative about other people. And one of the ways that your spirit is encouraged, one of the ways that your spirit is enhanced, becomes more um, tuned in to what God's doing. You ready? This is not earth-shaking. It's one of those simple truths, but it's profound. Are you ready? It's by blessing other people. And it's that simple. Blessing other people. When you have opportunity to talk about people, bless. 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 When you, when you have opportunity to talk about your friends, bless them. Honor them in your conversation. Anytime you talk about somebody, bring honor into the conversation and honor them. And that's not flattery. I'm not talking about flattery. I'm not talking about making things up. I'm talking about blessing and being intentional about blessing. I try to remind myself most of the time when I email people, sometimes I'm in a hurry, but other times when I'm not, when I finish my email, I'm just one of those old traditional guys like you put a salutation at the end. Blessings, Kent, or blessings to you. Blessings, blessings. I want to remember, bless, bless, bless. So what happens when you bless other people, I'll tell you what, this is why it works. It seems like a simple thing, but this is why it works. It's because God, is. he was the first one to bless, and he continues to bless. He is the original blesser, and when we bless people, we're a lot like him. He doesn't speak negatively. He doesn't put people down. He's not out to destroy life. He's out to build up. And when we cooperate with him in that way, so I, I want you to keep spending time in the word. Continue to pray. Listen to the Lord. But I want you to also to bless, to bless. And I think that what God is up to in this time, and I know I kind of went round, the, round about to talk about, to talk about this, but our words are so important. They're so important, especially now. The words that we pray. The way that we speak to people. The way that we speak about people. The way we speak about this situation. I don't, I don't, I don't want to waste this. Rick Joyner says, don't waste your trials. Don't waste your trials. When trials come, don't, don't miss the point by fighting against what God's trying to do 
in you. And so I think God is doing amazing things right now. I think that there is something amazing coming. That's why the enemy is so stirred up in so many ways. And that actually brings me hope. I'm one of those weird kind of people, you know. They had stuff happening. Man, what's God up to? Where is he? What's he doing? Let's see what he's going to do. So I, so this morning, if the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had the opportunity, should have recognized Jesus when he came. If they had the opportunity to know God and recognize what he's up to, how much more so us? How much more so us? And so let's... Um, Let's encourage one another by blessing one another. I'm not going to make you do it here now. I'll just be listening when we dismiss. <laughs> I'll sneak up behind you and see how you talk. No, I'm not going to do that. There's power in that. See, God, sometimes God hides the most powerful things in the simplest little actions. And the things that we ignore, the things that we don't really take account of, we miss. And then and, and what happens then is that we go to prayer and we cry out and we we scream at the enemy and we do all kinds of uh, I don't see Jesus doing that. I didn't see him doing that. He just walked around loving people and blessing. Blessing, what do you want? What can I do for you? And so it was that compassion that just flowed out of him because there, there was nobody he was angry with. He wanted to rescue everybody, even the religious leaders. So bless, 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 and be hopeful. I am hopeful for where we're going and what God's up to. I think it's going to be amazing. That's just my, I'll tell you, I, I've just been kind of in, I've been excited down inside. I was like, man, finally. Finally stuff's coming to light. Finally things are being exposed. I mean, when things get, we've always said this, when sin is exposed, it's because it's coming out, it's being de dealt with. It's, it's, there's only one person exposes sin. It's not the enemy. So let's be encouraged. Let's be encouraged. Bless, bless, bless. Lord, we want to recognize you in every circumstance, whether the circumstances that touch our lives, whether it's the things that we see, the people at work that uh, are just wonderful, and the people that aren't. Give us eyes to see the fact that you desire us to turn things around by being people who bless no matter what is happening.
I understand, Lord, that when we do that, when we're in a tough situation, if we're in a an irritating situation, if we bless and if we praise you, we introduce you into that situation. We welcome your presence into that situation so you can work. And that's what we want to do. We want to open the door as wide as we can for you to minister, for you to be who you are in those situations. We're the ones that open the door. We're the ones that keep the door shut. So you've equipped us, you've empowered us, you have given us your Holy Spirit to be mighty. Let us walk in that mightiness as we yield to you. Teach us, stretch us, and increase the influence of the kingdom of God through us because we simply cooperate with you. In Jesus' name.